welcome to The Satisfaction Project, your sex-positive adults-only guide to escorts with Aussie sex worker Georgie Wolfe. This is episode five. We often think of getting laid as trivial and recreational, but for many, it's a very profound experience. This episode, I'm speaking with Artemisia Divine, erotic psyche specialist who teaches people the art of purposeful play dates. We're going to unpack some of the ways the services of sex workers can help you learn, grow, and live a fulfilling life. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on here. I'm really excited to have this chat. But before we do, I have to give our standard um, disclaimers. And the first one um, is that we don't speak for everyone. This is an opinion-only zone. Um, Second, there's no legal advice here either. Um, So listeners, it's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And last, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your sex worker's advice. And now that we've done that stuff, we can get stuck into this conversation. And I've been really, really excited about this. So like, thanks so much for donating your time to the cause, because this is going to be a very interesting conversation, I reckon. My pleasure. I'm going to enjoy it too. (laughs) I just love nerding out around um, self-development. And so then you take two of my favorite things, sex and self-development, and put them together. It's like a, I, was, I would say a marriage made in heaven, except I don't know if the marriage theme is really appropriate here. So let's just move on from that. <laughs> Look, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Artemisia? Like, who are you? What do you do? And how did you, how did you get here? How did you become an erotic psyche specialist? Yes. Well, um, I am a retired sex worker myself. I spent over a decade in the industry in lots of different forms. I explored, I started off escorting. I started off at a real, at the really basic end of putting an ad in the newspaper, you're going, you know, busty blonde. The old fashioned way. The good <laughs> yeah, old the fashioned old way. Fashioned way. <laughs> um, and I had no idea what I was doing when I first started at all. Um, uh, but then I've moved through a whole bunch of different um, permeations since then and explored the full uh, spectrum of, um, uh, well, even spirituality, um, sexuality traditions, uh, BDSM. Yeah, I'm probably mostly known as my role in the mis- as a mistress, but I certainly had a lot of different experiences, including erotic massage, the whole lot. Yeah, what do you do now? So you, you've ticked a lot of boxes when it comes to sex work and you've been in the industry quite a long time mm-hmm. as well. So you've had a lot of experience. And where have you wound up? So it was actually what I learned in the sex industry that's created this new um, this new direction in which I'm gone, which is teaching people how to the art of creating a play a sexual experience, an adult play date on purpose that is deliberately tapping into key elements in somebody's erotic psyche, and each person is quite different. So it's acknowledging that we all have unique fingerprint-like patterns in our erotic psyche, Um, but there are also really recognisable undercurrents we can deliberately take a look at when somebody describes what turns them on. And these are the things that are going to make something really hot or, or, or not. And they're not necessarily conscious of them at all, right? So somebody who would come to me, um, initially and they would come to me because I've got blonde hair and and I'm busty Mm -hmm. and I'm plus size. Um, and that, that is their particular thing on their age group or uh, whatever it is. Uh, and some, uh, 
And they would be able to say to me whether they were more interested in the girlfriend experience or maybe a porn star experience. Mm -hmm. But they weren't, and, and maybe ask for a specific sex acts. Other than that, they, they generally speaking didn't have much awareness right. of what motivated them, what actually made something work for them or not. Um, but for me, I was really aware that they were all different because when you start seeing literally thousands of them, <laughs> you notice no. that they're quite different. And when I first started um, escorting in particular, I had about two minutes on the phone with them before I was actually going to meet them. And I was yeah. doing out calls at that time. So I would walk into their house, into their space um, when they're already in an aroused state usually because that's why they called. And <laughs> right. And they are operating from a place of um, this is just how sex is. But actually they're different. Each one is different. And it felt, do you remember that show um, that used to be uh, Thank God You're Here? Yes, the um the comedians that would do the um do the stand up the impromptu impromptu stuff. Yeah, improv. so it was acting improvisation, and they would have to walk through a door on the stage into a scene that was already in mid swing with characters they didn't really know anything about and had to work it out as they were going. Sounds like sex to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like most people's experience of sex. What's going on? I don't know. Is it good? I think I like it. Do I like it? Not sure. Go with it. Uh, uh, okay, fine. Like this is the experience, right? But what you're mm -hmm. describing is actually something very different. That's right. So once you start doing that for a while, you start to really notice the patterns. You say, oh, okay, this person has no way of articulating that their erotic relationship to power is this. Their emotional aphrodisiacs are this their arousal style pathways come from this place, their um, uh, triggers that are going to let them let go, their kind of erotic paradox frictions, <laughs> they have no consciousness of that. But I started becoming really, really aware of them. I was, um, and I think sex workers will be nodding to themselves going, oh, I'm yes, nodding. right. <laughs> I'm nodding to myself because yeah. we do see it and this is part of our jobs, right? People walk in and they might not know what they want and it's our job to work out what they want through some sort of magical kind of process mm -hmm. um, that often we don't give words to, but you're actually giving words to it. You're saying what's their relationship to power? What are their key sort of erotic elements that they need? Um, this kind of language is stuff that a lot of us don't have. Mm. Yeah, so I've created a system around this because, you know, that's how my brain works. I'm like, aha, right, so we need to have... <laughs> Ah, need to work a out diagram. What is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diagrams and little things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so people will go, "What's your emotional aphrodisiac?" And, and immediately, some someone will go, "Oh, you mean I need to feel safe, or I need to feel wanted, or I need to feel, oh. you know, all of these ones." But there's also all of these other things that make them make it really exciting, which can be much more challenging that they're not necessarily conscious of. And it's like, different for everyone, right? Right. So one person might be they need the right amount of fear. Right. Think about the excitement you feel at the mm -hmm. same time as you feel fear before you go on a roller coaster. So it's a positive fear, but it's really enlivening and exciting. So like the fear of being caught sexually or the fear yes. of, um, you know, they might need that feeling or they won't get, or they won't be able to access their particular arousal style. Or even um, just the feel of something be, the, being new and having that, that anxiety and excitement around something that's unfamiliar. That's totally a thing for some people, right? 
It's totally a thing for some people. Some people it's it's something to be overcome so that they can access their arousal. And for mm-hmm. other people, if it's not there, they can't access their arousal. I think so I might which- be that person. <laughs> 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 so which one's which, right? How right. do you work out which one's which? This is the art form that I developed over over time. And um, I guess towards... Um, you know, I didn't stay with the two-minute conversation b- before I played. That was how I began sex work. By the time I uh, I really developed my own system and ended up um, having minimum two-hour sessions and half an hour of that was chatting over a cup of tea beforehand. And Love it was it. a pre-booked session, so they didn't necess- they couldn't just come spontaneously in their already state of arousal because I recognised that the better sex happened when we could actually work out what those underlying undercurrents were. Right. Which, you know, it's a real wrestle because a lot of people don't want to do that. Well, we're not used to it. We're told (laughs) that we should just turn up and do the sex and sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. And if it goes well, then then you're a start and if it goes badly, you're a loser. And that's what most people are working with. But this idea that there could be things that we might want to understand about ourselves that might make sex better or more enjoyable um, that's a whole new thing, I suspect, for a lot of people. Yeah, and so that's what I call the the, the art of the purposeful adult play date, because when you um, it works also just seeing sex workers is fantastic because sex workers are really there to support you in your exploration of mm-hmm. your own erotic psyche. That's what sex workers do, right? So all of a sudden, you get to have all of the pressure taken off you of um, fulfilling somebody else's needs and you can actually have the space to explore what is it that I that's what is it like when I get all of my needs met what is it like when someone puts their full attention on my particular erotic imprint and I get Mm. to explore where where inside of myself will I go from there right and what you know even things as simple as well what works and what doesn't and can I ask for something and try it, knowing that I might not like it and that will, that will be okay? The other person won't be hurt or offended if I ask for something and they won't be offended if I try something and don't like it. So there's a lot of room to experiment, much more than you would with a partner or with someone, you know, that you're you're um, shagging but that you're not, you're not paying for a service, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that it is a really particular container and it's it's got a, definitely got some really valuable aspects to it. Yeah. <laughs> So what are the advantages? It sounds like one of the advantage one of the advantages of doing this purposefully is that you have better sex or you learn how to have better sex. Would you say that's the key reason people come to you to sort of get their heads around this stuff? Yeah, well everybody wants to have better sex and it's it's almost like thinking of it in terms of play. You go, yes, I'd love to have more satisfying play, but you can't pre-plan play. You've got to do it spontaneously, don't you, or it doesn't work, right? (laughs) 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 Well, sex is a form of play, and, yes, it does need to be able to let go and get out of the head, and and that idea of um, analysing it too much can be a complete arousal killer at at first, right? But there's an art to this. I did this for a living. I got people to be able to come and have a good conversation with me over a cup of tea in the process of seduction, finding out their key erotic psyche elements, like the particular things that would that would be important for them. And while they were thinking, oh, my God, the thing that's going to turn me on is her is seeing her breasts or, or uh, her physicality or I, I need this in order to be excited, that's what got them through the door. 
actually you can have the ideal perfect body, the textbook perfect technique and have the session go flat. Right. Why? That's the part that's interesting. Why? What is it about the person and what do you need from them apart from just that they look hot? Because I've been with a lot of clients and had really good sexual experiences and they were not conventionally physically attractive and they were not my age and we didn't have much in common in terms of interests. So what is it then that suddenly makes that spark happen or makes everything hot or makes things work? Exactly right. That's when we're tapping into those key elements of the erotic psyche. That's what's fascinating because even though we like to just play without overthinking it, sex is leading us to places inside ourselves and we can't get there unless we let go and our turn-ons are the map to shell, the exact map we need for our mind to navigate its own blocks to letting go. (laughs) I guess, I guess this is sexual sorry. flow state, right? So, so ah. this, this, is, this is where it is. So we're moving from our normal everyday um, way of thinking in the world where the intellect is in the driver's seat and we are, uh, or the ego is in the driver's seat, or, you know, by ego I just mean identity, self, you know, the normal way you think in you. everyday life, right? Yeah. Um, moving out, letting that dissolve and go into flow state where you're not focused on that anymore because you, everybody, the best sex comes from flow state, just like the best art comes from flow state. The best dancing comes from flow state. And we're just having fun and not thinking about it too hard and just doing the things that feel right in the moment but really keyed into the other person and keyed into the situation, yeah? You've got it, yeah, of course. It's harder it than it sounds because <laughs> one minute you're having great fun, the next minute you're thinking about your shopping list or worrying that they think that your belly is too big or whatever we whatever it is that we get distracted by during sex, you know. Right. But the biggest irony irony is people are I don't want to talk about this stuff first because I just want to be in the in the spontaneous flow state. And talking about it will block me from getting into the flow state. Talking about it actually reveals the key triggers that will help you get into flow state. So an experienced person playing having that conversation, finding about past peak experiences, finding about your favourite fantasies, learning and recognising those key erotic, uh, key elements of the erotic psyche and then knowing how to drop them into play. Big thing, like, um, again, with this thing, people go, oh, I'm really into that person because they look like that, they're amazing. And they're unconscious of the fact that, Actually, it's a lot, of, a lot to do with the attitude of that person, the way that that person interacts with power, that way, the way that person holds themselves, their physical yes. body language is actually really important. And you'll recognise that yourself. If you go and look at a dating profile or an escort profile and you flick through the pictures, you'll go, oh, that picture of the same person really does it for me, but the second one doesn't. Ah, it's a pose, right? And facial expression mm-hmm. and attitude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Attitude, power, emotion. Yep. All of that sort of thing. Really important stuff. So once you become aware of that and you going to you go to see a professional and you can specifically ask for things you know are important to you that work, you're going to have a better experience, aren't you? It kind of feels like throwing a party. Like you can't really just turn up to a place and expect a party to happen. 
you do actually need to plan. And nobody ever said, oh, no, we couldn't plan the party first because then it wouldn't be spontaneous and natural and it just wouldn't work. It's like, no, of course you need to plan a bit, then you need to let go a bit. There's that that balance, right, of first going, well, what do we want and how can we make it happen? And then getting in the zone and enjoying yourself, both those two things, yeah? Yeah, perfect balance, yeah. So you kind of said that, sorry. I loved your description. That was great. I love a good um, bloody um, metaphor. Usually it's about driving. My friends are tired of my driving metaphors, so let's go with this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was really interested by what you said, that you said good sex takes you somewhere. And I guess because I'm really into self-development, I do see sex as a tool for self-development. But where does it take us? Like when we do hit that spot, when we do know what our erotic sort of keys are, the things that do it for us when we can get into that sort of state and have those experiences, where does it take us? What are the possibilities? Well, that's the thing. With spontaneous play, uh, often we only, um, let's just imagine where you can go is the ocean, right? You could, you kind of just jump in and uh, have a flit around on the surface and then jump back out again and go, wow, that was fun, that was great, I really loved that. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's all that's possible. But once you start understanding, and, and, that's, and that can even touch on sexual flow state, like the very, very surface is just I've had some physical release and that was fun. Yeah. But I didn't really even get into sexual flow state much. I just got overwhelmed by horny for a moment and then. And then I got off. And then I got off and then it was finished. Then there's, oh, actually you can do this deliberately and you can drop down into sexual flow state where my mind is not thinking anymore, I'm feeling. And this is the kind of place where you can start to, um, well, well, when an artist is in um in, in flow state, they say things like, oh, it felt like the, you know, the, the drawing just came through me and I was just painting and it was amazing. I was watching this, I was tapping into this part that's deeper inside of me and it was just coming mm-hmm. out. I now have access to this part that's coming out. It's the same with sex. The more we drop into the flow state, the more we're connecting with the deeper layers of our own self and therefore the more satisfaction we have because all of us is involved. Some Mm. part of us that knows something that our normal everyday mind doesn't know is coming over and taking over and playing and we can connect with it, we can explore with it. It's wonderful. And then this is why um, um, often sex and uh, and BDSM uh, can be linked to transcendent states because the deeper into the flow state you go, you can go into places that, you know, people go to, monks go in caves to meditate for a century for to, to get to, you know. Um, but you're doing it naturally through sex once you know how to follow the map of your particular erotic psyche and you know how to play with it on purpose. This is the map to teach you how to get there. It's, it's actually genius. I love people's turn-ons. I trust them a lot. Right. So it's kind of like we have these parts of ourselves that we don't get to look at or examine or feel very often but they're important parts of ourselves right mm-hmm. because we want to you know we want to we want to explore all those bits of ourselves that are in there even if it's stuff we don't think about or stuff we don't feel often so maybe bringing that stuff out and letting it be, oh, I'm trying to use not use the word integrate but maybe like bring bring stuff out and go oh okay you know this is a part of me too my you know the how I feel when I'm submitting to someone if, if you're kinky um mm-hmm is part of me too or how I feel when I'm having this really amazing particular type of sex that really ticks my boxes is a really important part of me and that actually accepting that's there and actually letting it come out and be be part of you is really good for you by the sounds of it. 
yeah, well, it's connecting with more layers of yourself, getting to know more layers of yourself, and you mm. discover there's a whole universe inside. But the genius thing about turn-ons too, uh, they are, you know, that whole saying, opposites attract. Well, you turned on to people who have qualities in, in abundance that you only have small amounts of. Ooh, give right? us an example. So, um, well, very a very common one is somebody who is always putting others before themselves is often attracted to someone who, who puts themselves first. Right? <laughs> yeah, look, I've done that one. I've done that one. <laughs> yep. But what happens when they come together is they actually get to form a relationship in this lovely, playful, like this buffer of being aroused in this play state, like it's in this joyful, um, pleasurable place. They get to make a relationship with these aspects of themselves through the symbol of the other person, right? Mm. So, oh, that's what it's like to prioritise myself. Oh, that's what it feels like. It's and also a lot safer. Like uh, this is why I like kink, you know, because I'm, I'm a really nice person. Like I'm, I'm really nice in normal life. Like that's one of my defining characteristics. I'm just nice to everyone. But what if there's part of me that isn't nice? And how do I get in touch with that part of me? And, of course, it's not okay just to haul, up, haul out and hit someone in the head in the street or start abusing people just to find out what not being nice is like. But I could do a kink scene where I'm you know, where I've someone else has agreed to let me be a little bit mean to them in ways they might find exciting. Mm-hmm. So I get to play with that part of me like, oh, maybe I'm not a nice person. Maybe I'm actually this really mean, domineering person that's going to whip you because you're a bad boy. Like maybe there's a part of me in there that needs to be seen that mm-hmm. I just wouldn't normally. So, yeah, kink maybe, has been really good for me for that. Exactly. And maybe you just have labelled it bad and mean and wrong but actually it's a really valuable part and once you get to play it embody it feel what it's like in your in your body not just imagine it but feel mm-hmm. it stand like it take on the emotions of it act it out maybe you actually get to find oh there's the treasure in there there's the part ah. that's the part of myself i can now access that i didn't have access to before Oh, that's the benefit of me, of being like this. Okay, and wow. And take that this back. is why I keep wanting to use the word integrate because I guess then it's like, oh, okay, well, I've discovered this bit in me that can be really mean and nasty. But what if it's not mean and nasty? What if it's just me getting really good at asking for what I want and being assertive and asserting my boundaries and maybe just being a little, standing up for myself a little more and then I can take a bit of that energy back into my regular life and maybe I'm now a little bit more assertive or a bit more confident. Exactly. Uh, you know, we can use that stuff, right? Yes, and maybe you're being told your whole life if you do have good boundaries and you do value what your your own self at all, that is a bad thing to be and therefore you're a bad person. Right. So how does your um, turn-ons work? They don't work literally. They work in symbolic kind of ways. They go, oh, you think you can't access your own power and your own boundaries and your own self-worth uh, because you think that that will make you automatically bad? Okay, I know what I'll do. I'll be clever. I'll make being bad a turn on so that you can access them. Mm-hmm. Now you're not blocked anymore. Now you've got it. <laughs> Makes it much easier to move past those things when they're sexy because it gives us that extra little push to play with it and look into it and experiment with it more. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, give, give us another example in terms of your clients and people you might have seen. What's something someone's brought to you or that they've discovered and managed to kind of, you know, maybe bring back into their regular lives a little more? See, in um, uh, now, now that I'm working and coaching people privately and I've got a, a membership um, and, I, and some online courses and things too, but it, it's very specific. It's not 
a general it's not this is how you, you know give a great blowjob or this it's it's this is this this is um the parts of the erotic psyche that make it hot and how we can investigate how each person's works individually so um, for instance, the three, there's three main ways of accessing your arousal and most of us can do all of them at some point but we default to one or the other and we don't realise that other people have a different default. Thinking that we're doing them a favour, we try and access their arousal path through our favourite ways. Right? This is common. We assume what we like is what everyone else likes. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so these arousal paths are uh, through sensations, like somebody who gets turned on through um, visual things, through touch, through through the five senses in some way. That's the thing that will trigger the turn on, right? Um, where somebody else might actually be turned on by the mind, so fantasy stuff, and then the, the physical things will become interesting to them, right? So it's the other way around. Um, where somebody else needs partner engagement. They need the quality of connection with their partner to be the primary thing that triggers arousal in the first place. Oh. So attraction or uh, the way that they're interacting and then the they can the access. Yeah, nature of the relationship. But even if it's just a, uh, somebody you've just met, um, it's the quality of the energy between you. It's the, the, the electricity between you, the interaction that creates the arousal in the first place. Then they can become interested in the sensations or the or the fantasies. But before that happens, you can't. You have to have partner engagement first. So, you know, this is just an example of 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 you know somebody comes in who's a, a sensate focused person who's all about the senses, and they come in trying to seduce you with lovely touch, and you're just bored out of your mind if you're a fantasy person. Come on, I need someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't working. Yeah. Yes, right, right. So um, uh, this is an example of some of the things that we explore. And there's a little quiz that um, I've got, which I think I think we talked about sharing about that anyway. Yes, I'd love to share. There's a little quiz that um, can give you an indication of um, which one might be the strongest for you. Um, which is at artemisiadivine.com slash quiz. Excellent. I'll put a link in our uh, in the in the notes for this so people can just click and check it out. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Papa, uh, I'll give you a better link actually because that one on my website <laughs> is not very mobile friendly. So check out the the link that Georgie puts there. That'll be the better Excellent. one. Um, so, so what's the what's the end game here? Here, like coming through and discovering. Um, what turns you on and what you need, and then also learning that other people need different things, right? So that sounds like the other side of the, the learning, that not just maybe knowing what you want and thinking about how to get that happening, but also thinking about what the other person might want and understanding that it might be different. That it's always different. This is one of the challenging things because we secretly want in our imagination, our ideal lover is magically has the same erotic imprint that we do. And in reality, that doesn't happen. Every We might have some overlaps where we can play really easily, but actually um, everybody is unique. It is like a fingerprint. It is, it's quite different. So once we start to recognise that and start to know what to look for, we can take turns focusing on each other's imprints. We can go really deep. If you're trying to pull, if you're trying to focus on one person, on both people's imprints at the same time, nobody's ever gets fully satisfied. 
right? right? So you really have to have to have the conversation with someone and then you need to take turns giving each other what they need unless you happen to magically have that overlap, which by the sounds of it just doesn't happen. Like we none of us have identical desires and turn-ons, right? No, but, I mean, you find some people that you match better with than others, obviously. Of course. But there's going to be things in there that you think, oh, we match just beautifully because of this and this. And then so therefore they are also turned on by my way of doing this. No, not so much. No. <laughs> and, and maybe this is like, you know, sometimes we have those sexual experiences where everything just seems to magically work and everyone has an amazing time and it just works perfectly and we go home congratulating ourselves. But what that means is we lucked out basically and we happen to meet someone who happened to share a lot of our erotic blueprint or we met a very good sex worker who's very, very good at matching matching you and your needs. But, yeah, like um, we could luck out and we could meet someone and have that experience, but that's not the way it's always going to go. Sometimes often we'll meet people where we just don't have the same things in common and, you know, we do need to be more mindful about how that's we do it. That's right. And even if you do have those amazing peak experiences, mm-hmm. how do you repeat them with that same person? It doesn't, and you come back to them and it didn't work again. What was the elements that were missing this time? Oh, right. And if you weren't paying attention, you might not know. That's right. I, I have a story. You do? Tell me the this. story. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. I, when I did brothel work back in the day, which was quite a while ago, I used to have this client who would come in and I loved him. He was lovely because every time we were having sex, he'd start talking about food. So he'd be like, oh, smear that cream all over me, baby, and stuff like that. There was no food there. He was just having this fantastic fantasy scenario thing and he was dirty talking around it and it was lovely. I loved him. He was great. And I liked him so much that one day I decided to bring some food in and actually make his fantasies come true. And I um, I got the whipped cream out and the strawberries. I had them on the bedside table. I walked him in and went, look what I've got for you. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then I'm like, okay, well, that wasn't the response I was looking for. And then we started having sex and instead of saying, yes, get the whipped cream out, baby, he started going, Yes, baby, I'm driving for the finish line. You know, I've got a red hot convertible. And then I just realized he liked to say things during sex. It wasn't actually about the food specifically. I just completely misinterpreted what his particular uh, needs were in that situation. Yeah, right? what a great story. <laughs> I was trying, but but I wasn't right and I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely – it was a perfect story to point out that actually – um, the turn-ons are symbolic and it's the thing behind them we need to notice. Right. It's not the surface thing. We actually need to dig deeper. Yeah. Just take ah. some communication. That's the party planning part you talked about. <laughs> it's scary too. It's scary digging into our emotions and our sexual needs and stuff. Like there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. I imagine you probably have a lot more to say about this in your practice and on your website. I imagine there's a lot more to this than just unpack your feelings. Yeah, it is a lot more to than unpack your feelings, but if you're not if uh it's not for everyone because if you're not going to be introspect, if you're not some people become quite triggered at the idea of being introspective and if it, if that is mm. you then I guess this is this is not it for you. Pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Is there are there ways that we can make it safer for ourselves if we want to explore and we want to work out what really turns us on but we're kind of a bit nervous about what we might find or a bit scared of really you know, going deep. What I noticed, like, and I think you might have noticed this too, is that so many sex work clients came to see me. They had a grief that they'd never really been met or seen or allowed and appreciated and wanted for 
who they were in their particular sexual expression. Like they came mm. with like a lifetime of, of, of grief and they didn't necessarily, they weren't necessarily conscious of that, but they were, it's this precious thing that they're holding up. Will you be the person that is finally able to see me and play with me and meet me and want me in oh. this way, right? And so sometimes this idea that we now have to stop and do more analysing and more talking to create this party plan before that sets off that grief process again. Oh, my God, you mean I can't just bring this precious thing? There's another barrier in the way between. So close, so close to getting what I need, but now you're saying I have to do something else. Yeah, Right, right. So just being aware that that's a a feeling that comes up and it's if we can sit with that one and work through that one, and actually do the talking, it is getting to a deeper satisfaction and a deeper appreciation of the real the real need, the real erotic need, the real being seen as you really are and celebrated and playing deeply as you really are. So just being aware of that, I guess that is one of the things that can come up and noticing it and going, oh, there's that thing. Check it out. I'm going to just write it through and then I'm going to do this anyway and I'm going to get to the even better treasure on the other side. <laughs> and giving it time too. You don't have to be like a sex monk overnight. This, this is a process that we go through, right, of exploration. It's not about suddenly learning the secrets and bang, you're there. No, it is definitely a process, but it's a really fun process. The more you discover, oh, my God. I don't know about you, but I get insight gasms when suddenly everything clicks together. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, it's light so bulb brilliant. moment. I love it. It's such a full body experience. Like, oh my God, can you see the beauty of that particular insight and how it ripples mm-hmm. through everything? I understand yeah. myself a bit better, and that's what yeah. I live for. And I know it's not everyone's kink, but understanding myself better is totally my kink. And if yeah. I can do that by having sex, then oh my God, like you're just. You know, it's benefit on benefit, right? It's not meditating in a cave for 10 years. You're actually having fun while you're doing it, right? Through play, yeah, and oh. trusting that the, the desire and the turn on is actually the map. That's that's quite radical, I think. Sort of trusting that your body and your desires are going to lead you in the right direction. Right. So as long as it's done in that lovely container of consent and respect for mm-hmm. self and whoever it's playing with, yeah, um, and and not mistaking symbolic for literal, that's the other big thing that people go, oh, I need this particular body type or it won't work. Actually, you need what that yeah. body type represents to you and how you feel when you're What with it, it means to you. Yeah. AKA the whipped cream trick. Don't assume that it's the first <laughs> thing you see that is turning you on. It might, there's usually more to the story. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, your yeah. work sounds absolutely incredible and I would love for people listening to be able to find out more about what you do. Where can they find you? Um, you can go to artemisiadivine.com. Um, but mostly, most of my action is happening on the mailing list. So I really recommend joining the mailing list um, because there's a the, the paid membership um, of the Diviner if you want to go deeper um, where you get, yeah, you just get to explore a lot further. You can have a look at that yourself. But <laughs> um, start with the mailing list because that's where all the action is. The website itself has only got so much on it. It's going to be get better um, soon, but at the moment it's only got so much on it. Join the mailing list. That's where the treasure is. It's kind of important too in this day and age where sex workers can just be bumped off any social platform 
you know, without any notice all the time, happens to us all the time. If you find someone that you really like and want to follow, go to their website and get on their mailing list because that's the only way that you're actually going to, they'll be able to stay in touch with you if they if their Twitter gets shut down, for example, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, yep, that's where it's at. Yep, yeah. it's definitely where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time today. I feel like I've had some personal development happening and I'm very grateful for that um, because it is my thing and I really hope that, that the people listening have um, learned a lot from this too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I had a ball. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. If you want to become a real escort expert, head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com. You can also find me on Twitter. The handle is at allaboutescorts. See you next time.